Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. As economic inequality increases, the working class will increase in size while the standard of living stagnates. The managerial class, or the petite bourgeois, will largely be eliminated as its membership moves into the working class. They just don't know this is happening yet. We're going to start talking about the differences between the petite bourgeois and the worker and some of the key differences in how COVID's going to basically drive everybody into the same class. So what is a petite bourgeois? To me, it's the most dangerous class. And I will always say that the biggest class traders on earth because they belong to the worker. That's us because they still make money. They, they convert their work into capital. Um, they don't actually have enough capital resources to be a quote-unquote capitalist and that's defined by someone who doesn't work they just hold stocks and bonds and you know make money off of their money it's always that old saying you know like you gotta have money to make money that's the bullshit capitalists the petite bourgeois they're the upper worker or the upper middle class well ones that can afford the nice boat and vacation properties but not enough to afford the businesses that generate the income they still have to go to work They still have to go to work every single day. So examples would be doctors and lawyers and things that people will say, you should be one of those when you grow up, right? Upper management at at some large engineering firms or accounting accountants and things like that. Things that you go to college for or get advanced degrees for like MBAs or something that, and you just spend all your time exploiting workers. So one of the key topics for today um, is that the, the affluent or the petite bourgeois have the resources to like avoid COVID and getting sick. So if you're marginally affluent, there are a lot of things you can do to kind of uh, mitigate your exposure to COVID. You can afford to pay for groceries and have them delivered. You can afford to have your kids be homeschooled because you're likely around because you don't have to go to a service-based or a manufacturing job. You have some management class job where you're really just watching others and making sure they're exploited. So your kid can sit at home next to you and learn as opposed to having to go to school. Uh, You also probably have a car, so you're not dependent on public transportation for basic necessities like food and possibly health care. The class we're talking about has the financial ability to basically sit at home and entirely isolate and not expose others to COVID, to not use your status of wealth to make others suffer. But what we're seeing is the, the petite bourgeois class seems pretty committed to continuing on with their daily lives at the expense of the working class. Oh, yeah, because they can't go a day without getting their nails done or their hair done, right? It's the Karens of the world we're talking about here. It's the entitlement, right? It's it's the individuals who can spend all their time basically paying for services without any recourse, without any issues. They can just you know buy any services they want to. And why this is an important distinction is that, that they choose to go out and put others at risk because they choose um, to have those benefits given to them or, you know, or that they're paying for. Another example, a prime example of how the petite bourgeois uh, decide to, I guess, exploit the worker is in the form of childcare. So they can choose to, again, stay at home if they want to and work, but they can also choose to put their kids in daycare, which means that if they do that, they're actually then forcing the essential workers who are daycare to be open and put their kids in there for the day. And I know, I know lots of people who do this. Because they want the peace and quiet at home so they can get their work done in their office. They just drop their kids off. They want to be with their kids. But they have the luxury of doing this. Which means then that there's another group of people who have to care for these individuals who can't sit at home, who can't take care of their own kids because they're running the daycare for the rich. 
So the, the petite bourgeois have no incentive. The whole family has no incentive to give a shit about the well-being of any of the workers they export because they're getting what they want out of it. So if that means that they're going to endanger you because they're going out and having a good time, going to the bars or going to Sturgis, whoever it happens to be, and then put their kids in the daycare, that's a choice that they made. Not because it's essential for the work, but it's a choice to make their lives better, which then again endangers the worker because of a choice that they made because they have the ability to make the choice to put kids in daycare. And they will keep doing it because it makes their lives better. Just to simplify this a little bit, if I'm a rich family and I want to put my kid in daycare because it's easier for me. I can put my kid in daycare. I can then go do whatever the hell it is I want to do. Let's say I get COVID. My kid gets COVID. My kid spreads COVID to the daycare. Now the daycare has to close and all these uh, essential workers or economic hostages suddenly have to bear the burden of my excesses. But I'm rich, so I don't give a fuck. That's a good summary. That's exactly what it is. You know, at, at one point, you know, they can choose to stay at home, which would make sense to everybody. But the other point is they don't want to keep disrupting their lives because they have a life to live, right? And we hear that all the time. I just want everything back to normal. Well, they can choose normal because they can pay for it. We don't get to choose normal because as a working class, we have to go into work every day. And if somebody's there trying to get their nails done, well, we got to do their nails. There's nothing we can do about it. Same thing with daycare. If these people want their kids in daycare, they will find a place that's open. And then now they're taking essential resources from people who actually need daycare because they can pay for it. Talk about daycare as a means to allow the bougie or the petite bourgeois to um, keep exploiting workers by allowing them to keep being the managerial class and allowing them to live their life and do what they want. But it, it's a prime example of neoliberalism. It's a, an example of how we took societal need, which is the watching of our children, and we basically put capital around it, made it for profit. And it's, it's one of those things that didn't exist, you know, 40 years ago and what it is today. It's grown as a steady market because it's profitable. And they know that they can exploit the petite bourgeois for money because we know that they want to earn the money because they're used to the class they live in. So it's a, it's a really interesting cycle that's been, you know, created in order to not only exploit the worker, but also exploit the petite bourgeois, those that control the worker for the capitalists. The, the current economic system we have actually encourages the bougie people to continue spending their money because it creates employment opportunity for the working class. But collectively as a society, we're much better off uh, sort of suspending the need to work and be exploited and put ourselves at health risk uh, by sustaining the economic model. We'd be better off just giving everybody some money and closing the economy down for three weeks. Well, way better off, right? You know, but it's the entitlement that allows people to, to spend their money the way they want to. And it's this entitlement that's really going to screw over the petite uh, bourgeois class. It's going to happen in a few ways, but we're going to talk about first uh, just what's going to happen to them as, as a COVID basically flattens out the worker and where they are in tears. And one of them is the idea that we may not need managers if most of the workplace is remote and most of the workplace is just given task-based things to do. And we're seeing a lot of this happening from COVID. A lot of, a lot of Zoom calls or a lot of go-to-meeting calls, whatever you want to do, all day long. And so the managerial class isn't actually overseeing a lot of the white collars that they used to because that's, they're being directly influenced by the individuals around them on the Zoom calls. So, so how will COVID sort of flatten out 
you know, the distribution and, and the petite bourgeois, and it happens to be in sort of a weird automation space that we don't really talk about a lot, uh, in which we're using these, I don't want to say advanced tools, basically primitive tools like uh, video chats or remote chats or remote, you know, screens to do a lot of the work that used to be done in person. So things like a doctor's visit. If you don't need to go to the doctor for a regular checkup, you're doing things on the remote screen, which means you don't need the expertise of that individual because a nurse practitioner can probably do 90% of what office visits are. And if you don't have an office to go to, do you really need an office manager? You don't have an office manager, do you really need other support staff? So it begins to really chip, chip away at some of the overhead requirements of most of these petite jobs. And of course, managerial positions. The managerial class may start getting screwed over faster on this. Because things like automated assembly lines, which you have a camera on the worker, do you really need uh, you know a line boss walking around up and down the aisles talking to people? No, you can do a lot of automated reporting purely on the on the automation portion of it. You know, you're clicking on defects and things like that, and they're on screens. Who needs a boss to walk around with a clipboard? So there's going to be a lot of sort of white collar jobs that we're taking for granted that are going to start getting shed. And the other point is that if let's say the economy returns ninety percent. Well, that's 10% of white collar jobs you don't need because those are just overhead jobs. So you're going to see some really interesting shedding of the white collar that's going to sort of flatten out what we call the distribution of wealth here. And a lot of the automated job loss concepts are often phrased from the perspective of we're going to lose manufacturing jobs, we're going to lose blue collar jobs. But at the end of the day, those are the jobs that actually require human activity, all the white collar management bullshit can be in some way, shape or form automated. And that'll happen. And it's sort of being forced to happen more quickly with, with COVID. Uh, kind of a prime example of this uh, with a pun around Amazon Prime is that you're seeing Amazon exploit the ever living shit out of its workers. Uh, but they're exploiting workers that deliver goods and put goods in packages. They're not exploiting managers that oversee these people putting stuff in boxes. Uh, so Amazon has effectively cut out the middle layer of management. Yeah. So like if you look at um, and with the corporate buzzword at USG&A, which is basically the overhead costs of managing a company. Uh, if we take a look at this level, I mean, there are lots of examples that you can think of of your manager that's not actually doing any value-driven work that's, you know, just basically doing summary reports to feed upwards. Well, how many middle layers do you actually need in a large corporation? You know, if you're not doing any value-added work and you have 10 employees, could you handle 20 or 30 or 40? And the answer is, yeah, you could. Because setting direction and things like that normally comes from your technical leads. And the upper middle management doesn't really need to exist because your high layer and your bottom layer just need to communicate, not the middle. We can generate reports that someone used to click around in Excel for, you know, 10 hours a week to generate for you. If I can generate that instantly off my databases, I don't need that middle layer anymore. Bye-bye. So we talked about the sort of economic ramifications that might lead to the petite bourgeois being eliminated uh, in terms of their job classes, but we'll also talk about how their direct decision-making can lead to their sort of own demise. So in the daycare example, as the petite bourgeois continue to exploit service-based jobs, those services will actually disappear as the exploitation reaches a sort of pinnacle of not being solvent anymore. Uh, so as you send your kid to daycare that has COVID and they have to shut down, they're shut down for three weeks. They don't make money during that three weeks. 
uh, and suddenly they don't exist anymore. So as the lazy fuck petit bourgeois, you suddenly have to take care of your own kid just like everybody else, and that has unintended consequences for your cushy little world. Another good example of this feedback loop that also sort of ties into the automation concept is an owner of a car dealer. You're not really offering anything of value that wouldn't happen already. You're just facilitating commerce between uh, a giant company like Ford or General Motors and the consumer. You're a middleman. You're taking a small uh, slice of the pie. But in the age of COVID, your business is absolutely ruined because very few people want to go in person and buy a car and people are driving less. So there's going to be less uh, need for cars as cars last longer. Uh, you don't have to drive to work every day. Perhaps families only need one car instead of two cars now because both people are working from home and you don't actually need two cars concurrently. So that segment of the petit bourgeois class, the car dealer owner, is suddenly going to see a decrease in their wealth as a result of people, other people, not consuming their product. And you're going to see as their wealth declines the sort of the frantic thing that, that's going to happen within business, which is attempting to cut employees and cut services, anything they have to do to keep themselves alive. But that just hurts the worker who has been employed there for 20 years or whatever it happens to be. Because at the end of the day, they need you know, the profit motives. This concept of profit motive manifests itself in two ways as it relates to the declining status of the petit bourgeois. In the car dealer example, the petit bourgeois owner has an incentive to sell more cars because the more cars they sell, the more money they make. When demand for cars decreases, the profitability crumbles and the petit bourgeois falls into the working class. In the daycare example, the daycare just needs to remain profitable so that it can continue to offer the service to the petit bourgeois. When the profit motive fails in either of these examples, the benefits afforded to the petit bourgeois class cease to be accessible. The petit bourgeois might not give a fuck about the working class they've been exploiting to persist their lifestyle, but they don't have fuck you money. They may have money on paper, but they don't have enough, and their lifestyle collapses, but not for a lack of willingness to screw over the working class. It, it, yeah, it sure does. And same thing with, like, you know, watching Nancy Pelosi get her hair done without a mask on. It was a setup. It was endangering the lives of everybody there. But, you know, an asymptomatic carrier coming in and coughing all over, you know, a food worker is really a big deal. I mean, you, you look at surges that had, what, 266,000 cases cost the country $12.2 billion worth of healthcare. I mean, the people that go to Sturgis aren't necessarily hurting for money if they've driven their bikes from Florida all the way up to South Dakota. Well, and they're certainly not paying their like per capita cost of like $23,000 or whatever the healthcare cost of that is. So they're, they're able to force a resource expenditure way above and beyond what their own capability to actually afford is. And it'll lead to the increase in healthcare costs as a result of them being idiots. So for everybody, including them, and at some point, kind of the line gets crossed between them having a bunch of money and them not being able to afford their healthcare, just like everybody else. Yep. The, the poor have been poor and the work lower, the lower portion of the working class have been poor long enough to know how to manage money. But when the petites are losing their money, they have no idea how to handle it. They can't afford their beach houses and things like that. That's actually what I'm waiting for is is the prices drop down on, on some of these high, you know, valued homes. Cause that'll really destroy some of their, their value. Because again, most people, if they own a home, that's the only place in which they actually see a rise within their wealth. And so 
places like the Bay and areas that used to only have houses for the petite, you're now seeing individuals being able to work remotely, which means that you don't have to live in the Bay Area. So they can actually destroy then all that wealth that was generated over years of exploitation because you no longer have to work there. And so all the people that worked at Amazon that are working remotely, they can work anywhere. They can work in a farm area somewhere and, and not have to worry about the high cost of places like the Bay or New York or, you know, Miami. So you're going to see the cost of living uh, kind of level out nationally where, like you used the, the San Francisco analogy in the Bay Area, of housing prices there are basically devoid of reality now that there isn't sort of a supply shortage, I guess, because people can work remotely, you would expect to see real estate prices decline there. So as a lot of the petite bourgeois sort of invested in multiple real estate you know, properties of landlords or whatever, you're going to see a decrease in their sort of sustainability as property values decline because it's suddenly just as you know, economically useful to buy a random cabin in Wyoming and work remotely Whereas before you'd have to have an eight hundred thousand dollar, you know, garage in San Francisco. To wrap this episode up, we've talked about how you know COVID is causing stresses on both the worker and, and the petite bourgeois, but not the capitalist class. And as we're seeing more and more services designed to help the petite bourgeois live in comfort, we're watching the disposable income dwindle away, and because of that, they're finding that they are slowly moving into the working class. The line between bourgeois and the worker is slowly fading. And this is because COVID as a virus discriminates against the poor, just like capitalism. It does not care. It's going to steal as many resources as possible. And regardless if you're bourgeois or if you're a worker, you're being exploited. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.